Hello, baseball fans. Welcome to Sully Baseball Daily, the podcast we talk about baseball 365 days a year, unless it's a leap year, and then we're going to do another one. I've been doing this every single day since October 24th, 2012. And I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. I'm recording this from the Sully Baseball Studio in Palo Alto, California, the birthplace of Oakland A's manager, Bob Melvin, and just down the 101 from AT&T Park, the home of the San Francisco Giants. Hey, um, I'm just thinking about something. Think about Southern California. Now, I've been doing the majority of these podcasts from up here in Northern California, but um, I don't know. Some of that may change pretty soon. I don't know. I may be doing some from Southern California for whatever reason, and I may try to find that the Sully Baseball Daily Podcast has a more permanent home in Southern California than up here. This is not a slight on the Bay Area, which I obviously love very dearly, but, you know, Southern California may be where your pal Sully belongs. Now, it's interesting that this era of Southern California baseball has the two players who, by all stretches and by all accounts, are the premier players in the game. That when you think about well, when people write, and chances are it'll be me who writes about baseball in the 2010s, the two players who will stand out as the great players of this era would be two players who call, at least nominally, their home Los Angeles. One would be Mike Trout of the Angels, and the other would be Clayton Kershaw of the Los Angeles Dodgers. And look it, I don't equate someone's greatness with rings. I really don't. Just by, you know, if, if just counting rings means you're a great player, well, then by that reckoning, Giants relief pitcher Javier Lopez is better than Willie Mays, Hank Aaron, and Roberto Clemente combined. You know, because he has four rings. He's got the rings. Well, Mike Trout doesn't have the rings. He hasn't had the team around him to win the rings. He's only been to the playoffs once, and they were three and out. Clayton Kershaw, well, you can point. Now, Clayton Kershaw, you could say, hey, wait a minute. They've been to the playoffs under Clayton Kershaw, and lo and behold, you saw him post a 9.45 ERA in 2009 in the LCS, a 6.30 ERA in the NLCS in 2013, a 7.82. I mean, he he's in the the years where he was the premier pitcher in baseball. He has gone one and uh, has gone two and five with some big time losses in the postseason. Okay, fair enough, fair the f enough, but. His performance, first of all, there have been many pitchers who have, you know, not had clunky postseasons. Greg Maddox had some postseason letdowns, and for a long time, looked like Randy Johnson couldn't win in the postseason. But if you look at what he has done between 2011 and 2016, he's put together year in and year out unbelievable seasons. Cy Young Award-winning seasons in three of the years probably could have been another one of the year and certainly looked like was putting up not just a Cy Young caliber season but an MVP caliber season this year. 
2015 was considered a letdown for him, a year where he led the league in innings pitched, in complete games, in shutouts, in strikeouts, wound up posting a 2.13 ERA, have the best FIP and strikeouts per nine innings of any pitcher in baseball. That's a down year for him. And he's put together enough great years that his Hall of Fame discussion, as of right now, is not out of the realm of possibility. If you look at similar scores, if you go to BaseballReference.com, the website in the history of the planet Earth, they give him a Hall of Fame monitor ranking of 123 of which the likely Hall of Famer is around 100. His Hall of Fame standards number is 46. The average Hall of Famer is 50. If you look at his career totals, they right now, in terms of his entire career, you see him line up with people like Smokey Joe Wood, John Tudor, Orville Overall, a lot of these play, and Babe Ruth is a pitcher. In other words, pitchers who are well, on the cusp of the Hall of Fame. I think that one or two more good years out of Clayton Kershaw and it's a sealed deal. I mean, you can already count to one, two, three, four, five, six and a half seasons where if he wasn't the best pitcher in baseball, he was in the conversation. Not the movie with Gene Hackman. But alas, he's hurt this year. And the man who is the, was until he got hurt, the absolute, are you kidding me by bringing anyone else's name up, front runner to win the Cy Young Award was Mr. Clayton Kershaw. Well, now it's going to belong to somebody else. Someone else is going to win the Cy Young Award this year in a year where Clayton was basically saying, it's mine, no one else even touch it. Finishes the year, you like wins, he's 11-2. You like ERA, he has the best one in 1.79. You like shutouts, he's got three of them. He struck out 145 and walked nine. 145 to 9 in terms of his strikeout-to-walk record. Oh, yeah, he's let up only six home runs. I think Fernando Abad has let up six home runs in the first week he was a member of the Red Sox. So he was on his way to clinching yet another. And the advanced metrics on BaseballReference.com, the single website in history of planet Earth, they're all black and italicized because advanced metrics just shows he's just off the charts. Strikeout-to-walk ratio is better than 16-1. to 1. But despite the brilliant season he's having, he's going to miss the second half of the year. He will get Cy Young votes, as well he should, but someone else is going to win the Cy Young Award. And someone else is going to win the American League Most Valuable Player. Now, I've used the Coen Brothers analogy. I believe the Coen brothers should have won Oscars for several films where they didn't win Oscars, but the fact that they have won Oscars for other movies, including Fargo, which I think they deserve the Oscar for, then I can't get mad when they don't win an Oscar. Just like Kershaw, I can't get mad that he's not going to win a fourth Cy Young Award. And I can't really get too upset. You know, Mike Trout's won an MVP. He won in 2014. Now, should he have won in 2013? Yeah, I think he should have. Should he have won in 2015? All due respect to Josh Donaldson, yeah, I think he should have. Should he win this year? Uh, yeah, I think he should. He's putting up better numbers this year than he did the year that he won the MVP in 2014. 
if you just look at, you know, not just concentrating on home runs and runs batted in, but, you know, as he's already stolen more bases. He's almost drawn as many walks. He has a higher on-base percentage, a higher batting average, a higher slugging percentage, and you don't have to be a genius to figure that's a higher OPS. And, a high, and he roughly has the same OPS plus right now. He's probably going to have better total bases. And he's been, you know, he's a little under the weather, but he's putting together a season of, I'm saying, hey, do you know what? Has my vote. He's not going to drive in as many runs. He doesn't have as many people to drive in. He won't hit as many homers as he did. Yeah, would you pitch to him? I think he's the most valuable player in the league. I think he's the best player in the league and the most valuable. But he's not going to win the MVP, even though I think he should. Why? Because the Angels suck. Now, there's a part of me thinks like that, that whole mindset of your team stinks Therefore, we can't vote for you as the most valuable player because of the mindset being, well, you know, how valuable can he be if there are 10, 12 games under 500 with him? Well, they'd be 20 games without him. I think that's what it would, I think that if you like to use war, I think that's what it equals out to. But the fact that the Angels stink will go up against them. If it was called, if the award was called, Best player in baseball, Trout would win. But it's not. It's called the most valuable player in baseball. And whether or not you agree with that, whether or not you even like that, is, to quote the Bard, irrelevant. I just assume he said irrelevant in one of his plays. Which brings the question. Will these two ever face each other in the World Series? I'd like to see that. I'd like to go down to Southern California and see it because... This is the sort of matchup you want to see. One team is the best player in baseball. The other has the best pitcher in baseball. And they are separated by the same distance as it takes to go from, you know, basically from midtown L.A. to Disneyland. And to see those two match up in the World Series, which I thought there was a chance to have seen that happen in, in 2014. Whoops! The two teams combined for one win. Uh, we're not gonna, we may not see it. We may not see it, and that's too bad because, that, you know, as someone who lives in California, I really think that would be a tremendous thing to see. Angels, Dodgers, Kershaw, Trout. I like seeing my best players in the World Series on the biggest stage. And I think it's a shame when we don't see it happen. We never saw it happen with Ken Griffey Jr. He never got to the World Series. You know, Barry Bonds only got one trip to the World Series. And he's shown on that one trip to the World Series. But, we, you know, there's so many times I want to see the best in the business there. And many times we don't get to see it. Now, with that in mind, that means we're going to have a National League Cy Young Award winner and an American League Most Valuable Player who are not the best in the business. Kershaw's the best in the business. He's just going to be hurt. So he won't win. Trout's the best in the business, but he is not going to win because his team stinks. Now, it got me thinking, who's going to win some of these awards? Now, the American League Cy Young Award. Um, now, you know, I think right now it should go to Chris Sale. Uh, his temper tantrum with the uniforms notwithstanding.
But people are going to put up compelling arguments for Cole Hamels and Corey Kluber. Uh, right now, I say it should be Chris Sale. What do I know? And in the uh, National League, in terms of the most valuable player, um, I think it's going to go to a Cub. Could go to Anthony Rizzo. Could go to Chris Bryant. I don't know. I think it's going to go to a Cub unless it goes to Daniel Murphy. Um, and you look at the Rookie of the Year. It, Trevor Story was making a wonderful case in Colorado, but the you know the poor man got hurt. He's hurt. So I think it, and as did uh, Diaz for St. Louis. So I think it basically clears the way for Corey Seager, who's going to run away with it, and. Uh, Fulmer of Detroit or Kepler of Minnesota are probably going to win it there. So there you go. You have the National League and Cy Young Award and the American League Most Valuable Player. Well, the AL MVP is interesting because there are, despite the fact that I believe Mike Trout is the MVP, I do think he's the best player in baseball. Um, I, I also think that you could make compelling cases for a couple other players. Uh, and now Josh Donaldson won the, the MVP last year over Mike Trout. I'm a big Josh Donaldson fan. I, again, I would have given it to Trout last year. Donaldson is once again putting up big-time numbers for a Toronto Blue Jays team that looks like it. if they don't win the division, I think they're going to then... Uh, they'll certainly be a wild card team. And with that in mind, uh, Donaldson deserves a lot of credit. I think Robinson Cano is having a terrific season after a not-so-great year, first couple of years. Oh, he had a good first year with the Mariners. Not so great last year. Uh, he's bounced back. He's found his power. He's found his batting stroke. Gee whiz, I wonder if the Yankees could use his bat, although I can't get him too much because I wouldn't have given any – I don't give anyone a 10-year contract – but he's doing his best to help turn things around with Seattle. Might be a little too little too late. Uh, then there's the one who I personally would give it to, if not Trout. If someone said, Sully, you can't pick Trout. You cannot pick Trout. Who do you pick? I say Altuve. I say pick all three foot two inches of Jose Altuve. He's got, you know, the OPS+. Plus. He's got the power. For a little guy, he's got great power. Not just home run power, but doubles power. He's got hits. Does he walk enough? No, he doesn't walk enough. But he's still going to have an unbelievable all-around offensive year and probably win his second batting title in three years. I don't hold the, the title of batting title to be as important as it maybe used to be at one point. But he's easily going to get 200 hits. And with that in mind, if he just gets what? like 15 more hits. I don't have it in front of me right now. If he, if he gets just like a handful of hits, he's going to have a 1,000. A 1,000 hits, and he is not yet, he, is, he just turned 26 years old. So stop and think about what we're looking at right now with Altuve. Altuve is going to be at a 1,000 hits before his 27th birthday. If he gets 200 hits a bunch of times in a row, what, five more times in a row, which it's not out of the question for him. Five, you know, a bunch, you know, or let's say, you know, averages 200 hits over six years. Then he'll be at 2,000 hits in his early 30s. 
you know, when you talk about guys who could hit 3,000 hits and become a Hall of Famer, Jose Del Tuve is front and center one of the candidates who we could be looking at and going, holy cats, this guy's a Hall of Famer. And not, and not catch it off guard. And one of the times you see as in the Hall of Fame, having that MVP year on your resume, eh, that helps. That helps. At least answers the question, was he ever an elite player? And I shudder to think what the Houston Astros would be without him. I mean, I know I'm not, I just, you know, tried to poo-poo the idea of looking at team play, but, you know, the Astros are on the, you know, on the verge of a wild card spot. And where, would they be there without him? If you want to use that angle of the valuable player question, would they be there without him? I say, absolutely, of course not. Of course not. Don't be silly. So, Sully, you can't pick my trial. If I had a vote for the MVP, and I don't, if I did, I would still vote Mike Trout. I think he's the best player in baseball, and I think he's having a wonderful season. If you take him off the board, you see, you have to pick someone who's still in contention in the final third of the season. Uh, it's Altuve. I love watching him play, and maybe this will shine a spotlight on him. And we have to assume Mike Trout will win a second MVP eventually. You know, he should probably have three by now. If he wins multiple MVPs, then we Mike Trout heads have to eventually take a step back and never complain about anything again, just in general in life. Now, the harder one to pick would be the Cy Young Award. And I think one thing is for certain. You know, if it's not going to be Clayton Kershaw, then this is going to be the time for another elite pitcher to finally put Cy Young Award winner on their resume. Now, I'm thinking about this for a second, that there have been times when there is someone who is so obviously the best, and something out of the ordinary takes them out of the picture. That means someone else gets to be called the best, and sometimes you kind of look at it like, yeah, he was the best because such and such was gone. It's like Hakeem Olajuwon being back-to-back world champion with the Houston Rockets, Eh, Michael Jordan was out of the league. You know, he was out for all of the 1994 season, and he was out for most of the 1995 season. Olajuwon won those years that was either with without Jordan, but only Jordan at half strength. And then when Jordan was at full strength, you couldn't beat the Bulls. You know, the same thing is when Ricky Henderson won the stolen base crown Every damn year except one. It just happened to be the year that he was injured. And Harold Reynolds stole 60 base and led the league in stolen bases that year. And apparently Ricky Henderson gave Harold Reynolds a lot of crap for that. said, you led the league with 60 bases? Kind of shaking his head like, yeah, you get to be that. Because if you say Harold Reynolds led the league in stolen bases, yes, he did. That's a factual statement. And you have to include the sentence because Ricky Henderson was hurt. So someone is going to put National League Cy Young Award winner on their resume this year with the understanding that you can say, because I really got hurt. Now, the, it's interesting, the two, the two pitchers, the pitchers with the best chance of winning the Cy Young Award are teammates. Steven Strasburg and Max Scherzer. Right now, I think Steven Strasburg has the inside track. And that would be 
quite a display from with all the talk of like, you know, is he going to be, you know, are they going to save his arm and everything like that, that it would pay off with a Cy Young season and have that on his resume and have that on his reputation. And that's cool. Uh, and I, I like Steven Strasburg. I really wish they didn't hold him back in 2012, but all that would be erased if they win the World Series this year and also be doubly erased if they won the World Series this year with him winning the Cy Young. That Rizzo and everyone could say, see, we didn't pitch him down the stretch in 2012 and we got a Cy Young award-winning season and a championship <laughs> is what they would say. But the interesting one is Scherzer. If Scherzer wins the Cy Young Award, then he would join a, a select crew of people. Gaylord Perry, Roy Halladay, Pedro Martinez, Randy Johnson, Roger Clemens. What do they all have in common? They all won the Cy Young Award in both leagues. Clemens won with the Red Sox, Blue Jays, and Yankees in the American League and with Houston Astros in the National League. Randy Johnson won with the Mariners in the American League, Diamondbacks in the National League. Pedro Martinez, Expos in the National League, Red Sox in the American League. Roy Holiday, Blue Jays in the American League, Phillies in the National League, and Gaylord Perry, Indians in the American League, and the San Diego Padres in the National League. And he would be the, he would be the, uh, oh, I can't count how many. There have been, been a few who have won multiple Cy Youngs, okay? There have been a few. Kershaw is one of them. He won't win a fourth this year. But both of those are interesting storylines. Strasburg to put the title of Cy Young next to his name. Scherzer entering an elite group of people. And an interesting thing is, what do they all have in common, too? Well, Clemens is not in the Hall of Fame. He will be eventually. He will be eventually because he should be. I don't care what you think. He's a Hall of Fame player. Randy Johnson's in the Hall of Fame. Uh, Pedro Martinez is in the Hall of Fame. Gaylord Perry is in the Hall of Fame. I believe eventually Roy Halladay will be in the Hall of Fame. And, that le and then you bring up you know, good old Max Scherzer, who has had... Yeah, one, two, three, about five elite seasons between Detroit and the Washington Nationals. Is that enough to be a Hall of Fame? Probably not. He'll probably come up short. He'll probably be in that Dave Stewart, Fernando Valenzuela, Oral Hershiser, Jack Morris category of someone who's played on some, had some great years and had a, you know, a really high peak, but not quite enough to get to the Hall of Fame. You know, right now leads the league in innings pitched and strikeouts and a lot of great stats along the way. You know, you're going to have an interesting case for both of them. Right now, I think Strasburg has the edge, but it really all depends on how they pitch down the stretch. There are a few other candidates in there as well that could make things interesting, but as of right now, I think the two Nationals pitchers are in the lead. So, it could be a year where Jose Altuve and either Max Scherzer or Steven Strasburg pad their resume because of injuries and things that Mike Trout can't control. Not that Jose Altuve is not a valuable player. Not that Strasburg isn't a great pitcher, nor is Scherzer. But if any of them win, and I think at least two of them will, 
you'll always look back and think, well, they won it that year. I'm not saying they were the best, but they won it that year. And so clear off the space on your mantle for one of you. You're going to get a nice piece of hardware and a chance to tell everyone about your highlight. And I'm going to tell you all about me doing a podcast every single day. Go to MLBreports.com to see the up-to-date listings of who owns baseball. Go to SullyBaseball.com, like me on Facebook, Twitter, iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, Twitter, Stitcher, Instagram. I'm everywhere. The music is by Ted Backer and Patrick Kaliski. This has been the Sully Baseball Daily Podcast, and I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Maybe I'll win an award someday, and you can call me Sully.